Well, welcome everyone to the Ridge University podcast. My name is Will Heron, and I'll be your host for this series. And at the time of release, we are entering into a new year, 2024. And with that comes the opportunity to evaluate the way we're living and ask ourselves some honest questions like, is there anything I want to change about the way I live as I enter this new year? Uh, maybe there's some habits or practices I should look to incorporate into my life this year. So over the next few episodes, we're going to be looking at four practices that we believe any follower of Jesus should be looking to weave into their life. And to help me explore these practices, I have with me Wings of Refuge Executive Director and trained spiritual director, Brandy Young. Brandy, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Will. Happy yes, to be here. Great to have you here. So, Brandy, before we jump into the series, could you give a brief bit of background on yourself, uh, maybe where you live, what you do, favorite ice cream? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Start there. Maybe. That's a fun topic. (laughs) Yeah. So I was raised in the Quad City or south of the Quad Cities, which is Illinois, Iowa border. Okay. Um, My parents farm, but I share that because in the Quad Cities, it's the hub of Whitey's ice cream. Oh, yes. I don't know if you've heard of that. Coralville Mall used to have a Whitey's ice cream. Yeah. You can actually find Whitey's ice cream in um, Hy-Vee's. Oh, wow. Around Christmas time or the wintertime holiday, they have peppermint ice cream. Oh. And you crush Oreos in that. Oh, and goodness. It is delightful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's my favorite ice cream. Okay, good. Um, yep. But otherwise, yeah, um, as you mentioned, I ser- currently serve at uh, Wings of Refuge mm-hmm. and. I live kind of between Ankeny and Ames. We moved out of town a few years ago and just mm-hmm. kind of love the open space there. Yeah, yeah. And um, I do serve very little on the side as a spiritual director. Spiritual direction was just a practice that kind of blew into my life a few years ago and mm-hmm. has been a really healthy habit for me. And so just able to hold that space for other people as well. Yeah. So Wings of Refuge, some people may not know uh, about that work. Can you just uh, expand on that just a little bit? Yep. We have a long-term safe home for survivors of sex trafficking and so and some opportunities for healing and restoration. So we have two homes in the Ames community, our primary restoration home, and then a transitional living center Mm -hmm. kind of as a pathway to independence. And then we also offer meaningful job skills training through our social enterprise. The women make handcrafted products. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so good to have you here. Um, Over the course of these episodes, we're going to be looking at uh, four key practices to live by. And these are some of the things that we actually witness in the life of Jesus as well and uh, just can look to incorporate into our own lives. Before we begin, I wanted to, to do this kind of introduction episode just to help us address maybe the why uh, we're having this conversation. So maybe that's an easy place to start is why are these practices so important? I think I always go back to the scripture in John fifteen five that says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear great fruit. Without me, you will accomplish nothing. Mm. And I think for me, that last sentence, without me, you will accomplish nothing, always stands out to me because we can actually accomplish a lot in the world without honestly remaining connected or, you know, abiding in the Lord. And yet will that be held as nothing in light of eternity? Mm. And so I feel like that's just this, if we want to live lives that were actually really intentional living out of who the Lord created us to be, we can't do that on our own. Mm. And so these spiritual practices create a way to stay connected to the vine in order to live kind of our, I think our most meaningful lives are what God created us, you know, the way he created us to live. 
And so what are some of the things you think that stand in the way of us maintaining and growing in that kind of intimacy with God mm. that then has an impact on, on what we do? What are some of the things that you see in yourself or maybe just in culture in general that really stand in the way of that? Yeah, I think one of the big ones is self-sufficiency, right? So mm. so as I mentioned, like, well, we sure, we can do a lot in the world, you know, right. without seeking the, the Lord. And so I think it is, especially I think in the West or in the U.S., we are just kind of born and bred to live very self-sufficient lives. And so I think that's one is we just kind of lean into do I really need to seek the Lord every day, every moment in order to, you know, get this accomplished? And so we run ahead kind of on in our own strength. Mm. Another one is, you know, the age old distraction. Like we have so many distractions and I would say that has continued to increase just with the influx of information and, right. you know, all the computer systems, all the things. And so it's hard to kind of take a step back out of that chaos, the daily life, even the good stuff, and say, first, I'm going to, you know, be really intentional about opening myself up to the Lord before I step into that. So I would say self-sufficiency and distractions are two big ones for me and I think just our culture in general. The thing of control, I think, is also a big one. You know, when I when I think of myself even actually in working at the church here in, in ministry, it's easy just to kind of get get busy, like organizing stuff, you know, events and, and whatnot, and just get into the details of it. And you're kind of in control of that. And every T is crossed, every I is dotted, and, and there it is. And okay, we have people come into that space and maybe have a good time. And then, you know, oh, great message. And then they, they walk out. But we have to take seriously... Um, what Jesus is saying here and the recognition that there is a perspective, a bigger perspective at work here than just the temporal, than just what we can see, that if there is going to be eternal value, I guess, uh, or eternal, eternal impact to what we do, then that intimacy with God being used by him, um, Holy Spirit working in and through us is really important. And so I think that's that's definitely one of the reasons why we feel like we wanted to have this conversation why we feel like these practices are important because they do help keep us in in that that space typically if we're controlling something we're doing that because we're going to set up circumstances or even ways of being with the lord that we're comfortable with right like it's mm-hmm. going to start at this time we're going to do this like you know we have everything right. very controlled it is a different posture if we really show up to seek time with the lord and why is that scary one, because we don't know what he's going to do or what right. he's going to say. And so it is opening ourselves up to more of him leading the time, mm. the practice, you know, instead of us feeling like we're in control. And so I would say, you know, as I reflect on my own journey, some of the spiritual practices that I would say are giving me the most life is um, trying to find rhythms of retreat mm. where I'm actually kind of intentionally pulling away from the world, from my duties, from all the things, you know, the titles mm-hmm. um, and spending time with the Lord literally out of my house and, you know, right, sometimes even right. out of town. And then silence and solitude, we're going to cover a little bit of that as well. Mm-hmm. And that is, again, I would say what makes it different than 
what we would typically call our quiet time is in our quiet time, often I come in with an agenda. I'm going to do this Bible reading. I'm going to do this devotion. I'm going to, you know, whatever. In silence and solitude, I think instead just kind of opens up the pathway and Mm. just lets the Lord commune with you how he how, how he chooses to. Yes. And so, yeah, a significant way that the practices I would say has impacted my life is they have dropped things when I have carved that intentional time with the Lord. I have been led to do things that I otherwise would have missed. Mm. And I think those things were kingdom things. Right. Not brandy things or the good, right, right. good thing. Right. Um, and those are the things I don't want to have missed. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I would have a tendency to go just the way that I'm wired. I can kind of jump on the performance treadmill and just run till kingdom come, you know? Right. And, um, and at the end of my life, if, if all that I accomplished was my own striving Mm. and not what the Lord had for me, man, that's going to feel like a big miss. Yes. You know? And so I think these practices put us in a posture again, more of, surrender, of receiving, of listening, God kind of let all of my performance junk that, you know, is attached to me move out of the way. And how would you lead me in this day or in this job or in my family? And so ultimately I think it helps realign my life to his purposes and Mm. not my own striving. Yes. Right now I'm sitting between these two words personally, um, between striving and abiding. Mm. striving has worked really well for me, Will, right, <laughs> in right, a lot of right. my life, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And it has a lot of us. Like, we get to accomplish a lot, um, but it's also very exhausting. Yes. And abiding, I think, feels like a more restful position in mm. the Lord, and it takes me to places that I wouldn't go myself. And so, yeah, that's just kind of a little picture of just kind of this journey, I think, from striving to abiding. Yes. And the practices kind of help set me on that path. I love that. And it feels like, for me personally, you know, some of those practices can cultivate something in you in that time that is actually so healthy for the rest of your life. You know, it's not just about getting into a certain space with the Lord and then that's the practice and that's the thing. And its impact is just kind of isolated to whatever time frame you can give it. But as you're saying, I think consistently, you know, putting ourselves into that place. I mean, I'm thinking of uh, either retreat or, or thinking of that place of, of silence and solitude with the Lord that can be so healthy for us then leaving those spaces and going into the rest of our lives. For me, it feels like recently I've heard some people just talk about how they feel guilty that, you know, try to get into that place for the Lord and then something comes and then I feel guilty about it. And then I feel distant from the Lord. And, you know, I think that space is so crucial, but I think sometimes we put so much on that space as if it's the temple that we go to, to visit with the Lord or church. You know, that's where God is and, and I need to be just there. And if I'm not there, then I'm kind of, but those spaces are amazing, but they cultivate something in us then that we go into the rest of our, our lives and, and carry. Most notably, an awareness of his presence, most notably, a humility before him to hear from him and to follow him. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I am going to admit before I share my next comments, I'm a little bit of a Ruth Haley Barton groupie. Yep. <laughs> She's got I'm a fan. You know, lots yep. of resources, books and things. Yes, yeah. um, and she defines spiritual formation. She kind of borrows it or built from Robert Muholland was, I think, one of her mentors. And she said, spiritual tr- transformation is the process by which Christ is formed in us for the glory of God for the abundance of our own lives and for the sake of others. And I think for the sake of others is a little bit of what you're getting yes, at. Yes, yeah. But I love at the beginning it says, the process by which Christ is formed in us. We are not so much in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Who's doing the forming there? Mm-hmm. Like God. And I think sometimes when we show up to those spaces, Will, we sit down like, and I think that's what leads to guilt. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to, you know, whatever. Spend yes. the time. And I've started looking at those practices or those spaces of, I just want to open myself up so that God can come in and mm. do the work. Mm-hmm. It's not really me doing the work. Mm. Like I have to hold the space, right? right. I have to show up and, yes. you know, yes, and some tools and resources sometimes help that. But God is ultimately responsible for our transformation. Mm. And so instead of this guilt of like, oh, I didn't do my quiet time or, you know, like whatever, it starts to be this yearning of, Mm. I want to sit in that posture and have that experience with the Lord and have, Mm. you know, and so uh, again, I think it's just a little bit different posturing Mm. um, of showing up so that the Lord can come and transform me for the sake of others. There's another thing that I'm thinking of that often I feel like it is marriage is an example or my marriage with Bridget, my wife, having dates is wonderful, you know, and having that intentional time together and talking together is really important for that time alone. I mean, just independent of everything else, just that time, it's a sweet time and awesome. But the thing is, it has an impact on the rest of our relationship. I don't know if you've ever experienced this with Steve, your husband, but you know, where you, you have a date and suddenly there's a refreshment Then you go, you maybe you have the dinner, you come home and then you wake up the next morning and there's a refreshment to your relationship. Yes. And I feel like that is what these, these practices, these disciplines can do for our relationship with God. You know, suddenly there's, there's a, an immediacy to our relationship with him in our everyday lives that maybe we didn't have before. And I have to say, I mean, I'm a bit of a crazy time of life where I have three relatively young children and time is at a premium. And I've just become more and more aware of walking with the Lord, you know, through your every day. And, but I still set that practice of time with him intentionally, uh, sitting out in the back deck under the stars with my Bible and just spending time with the Lord. But that has a big impact then on sometimes the more chaotic times that it's not like the Lord is distant. He's actually right there with me. Absolutely. Because like, that's where I think that deeper work is done in spending that time or going on dates with your wife. So that then, yeah, when the more chaotic times come, you're operating out of those places of transformation. You know, I had, um, I, I can't remember where I came across it, but it was the challenge of, if you look at your life, like, are you actually a kinder, more grace-filled, right. more patient, blah, blah, blah person than you were a year ago? Mm. 
Because that is actually a little bit more of a measure of our transformation than just did I check the boxes every day. Yes. And so again, I think it's that thinking about the posture that we're showing up to be changed, to spend that time with the Lord and kind of let him have his way with us, if you will. Mm. And I want to be like, because what that lets you do, Will, is I guarantee you're a better husband. You're Mm. a better father. Mm. You know, so you really are, you're making this investment, yes, so that you can spend time with the Lord, but that's impacting your family then, you know. Yes, yes, you do show up differently. That's why it's so critical. It feels like sometimes... Some of the spiritual practices feel like elementary. Oh, yeah, like I should talk for the Lord, you know, prayer, reading Bible, like all that kind of stuff. And it does feel like elementary Sunday school, but maybe that's even a tactic of the enemy to kind of familiarize and desensitize maybe us to how critical those spaces can be. And obviously we're going to talk about even more practices than just those, but they're so critical because they do shape the way Uh, that we show up in other areas. So anyways, Brandy, this is a great little introduction, I think, to to the series. Again, appreciate your time and you being here. Looking forward to diving into these. And thank you for listening. Hope you'll join us again as we continue this series on the Ridge University podcast.